The climate-fueled water wars have already begun. They're here in the United States. And while the Pentagon has cited climate change as a national security threat because countries will be going to war over the limited resources that we have, well, maybe they didn't consider that maybe some of these states might go to war over precious resources, including water. So in 1922, seven states in the West um, in the river basin specifically signed something known as a compact that splits the Colorado uh, River equally between its upper and lower halves. Later, they promised additional water to Mexico too, but near the middle, they put Lake Powell, which is a reserve for the northern states, and Lake Mead, a storage node for the south. Now, I mention all that because all this water, including its reserves, are supposed to be shared. That's the agreement, right? But it turns out that some of these states are actually hoarding most of the water or using most of the water, particularly states like California and Arizona. And so the upper states are actually pretty furious about this. And with the ongoing drought and the limited amount of reserves available, the real question is, what are we gonna do moving forward? Because a lot of these states are furious about the limited supply and how, again, California and Arizona are taking up most of it. So Jenk, before I give you the details on how much the drought has impacted our water supply on the West, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm worried about, um Look, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but about a civil war. And so I don't think that it'll be violent in the beginning. And But the states are gonna start to rumble. They're going to fight amongst each other significantly. So that's here in America, in the world, we used to have the oil wars. And I'm sure that that's how history will eventually describe what happened in Iraq a couple times and etc. But I'm worried that soon we'll have the water wars because the water yeah. is running out. And uh, and that's gonna cause significant conflict uh, within the United States first. And there's less water to share. So let's get to how much the drought has really impacted these Western states. Um, so the average amount of water flowing in the system has dropped by nearly 20%. And uh, again, that's because of the drought. So when the original compact gave each half the rights to 7.5 million acre feet of water. The river was estimated to have flowed with as much as 18 million acre feet each year. But over the 20th century, it averaged closer to 15. Over the past two decades, the flow has dropped to a little more than 12. In recent years, it has trickled at times with as little as 8.5. So if you look at, let's say Lake Mead, for instance, you'll notice the diminishing supply of water there. In fact, we're starting to see, well, we reported on this earlier. There was a body that was discovered in a barrel that you know someone had been murdered, stuffed in a barrel and then thrown into the lake. And the only reason why we were able to discover it is because there's so little water left in the lake that it's it's possible to discover it. Now in 2021, the rain and snow fell heavily across the Rocky Mountains and the plateau of the Grand Mesa. And almost as if it were normal times, but here's where the issue is. Since the drought's been going on for such a long time, soils parched by the lack of rain and rising temperatures soaked up every ounce of moisture. By the time water reached the rivers around Montrose and then the gauges above Lake Powell, the flow was less than 30% of normal. 
So even when we have heavy rain, uh, heavy rains, the the land is so parched that it soaks up all that water, and very limited supply is um, you know flowing to uh, these reserves, which again need to be shared by several states, but ends up getting uh, used up by two states, California and Arizona. By this spring, Lake Powell shrank to 24% of its capacity, its lowest level since the reservoir filled in the 1960s. So you're very right, Jenk, to be worried about a civil war because which state you live in really determines how much water you're using. And both Arizona and California say that they're following the compact exactly how they should follow it. And they're able to use up more water because they found loopholes and it's actually really smart to do so. But let's not forget that there are people who also need water in states like Colorado and they're furious that they're not gonna get they haven't been getting the same access as some of these other states. Um, and the lower basin states uh, still used up more, more of that water. So the upper basin states, for instance, used about 3.5 million acre feet last year. Less than half their legal right under the 1922 compact. The lower basin states took nearly their full amount, which is 7 million acre feet. Yeah, so look, California and Arizona have been hoarding the water. Uh, and the other states are getting pissed. Arizona uh, might have actually started storing it underground. And it's kind of amazing that we don't know for sure. Uh, and uh, and I get why they're doing it. And by the way, companies are involved, giant agricultural companies. And they're of course going to take the maximum allotment no matter what. And that has left some Native American tribes with literally 10% of the water they used to get. Now, why are they only getting 10% while other people are taking in as much as humanly possible? Because they don't have political clout. And so, and because of the old contracts that were written literally 100 years ago, exactly 100 years ago. And so it's allowing some of the states to get an unfair percentage. And of course, they're taking advantage of that. And the folks who are not politically connected are getting hammered. And But there's only so much amount of anger and frustration and injustice that can build in different states before they go, nah, we're not gonna take this anymore. And I'm sure you of course don't know this, but a project that I did on a summer internship was writing about the dam in Turkey over the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. And those rivers flow into Iraq and Syria. And mm-hmm. when Turkey built the dams on those rivers, Iraq and Syria were Furious, because that meant that the people at the top of the river, in this case, Turkey, controlled all the water flow. They promised, of course, they would share equitably. Did they? Well, I haven't followed up on that. A report was written now almost 30 years ago. But my point here is whoever's at the top of the river eventually goes, you know what? I'm building whatever goddamn dam I like, and I'm keeping however much I like. And what are you gonna do about it? And I'm really worried when we get to a point where the states say to one another, what are you gonna do about it? One final thing that I'll mention is that there are other countries that have dealt with extended droughts and they found solutions that Honestly, I wish we were more serious about because climate change is here, the drought is here. Also in the West, we're talking about regions of the country that are deserts. People weren't really supposed to 
live there, right? So the way that LA, for instance, gets its water is pretty miraculous. Um, the infrastructure that needed to be built in order to uh, provide water to people living in Los Angeles is pretty miraculous. Uh, but if you look at other countries like Israel, which has dealt with uh, drought conditions, they have found other solutions. So for instance, Israel uh, went back to the drawing board on its irrigated crops. It made drip irrigation standard, uh, built desalination plants, which I wish we were a little more serious about. Orange County recently nixed a project that would allow for a desalination plant to be built. And then what else did they do? They reuse the water again and again, in essentially recycling the water. Today, 86% of the country's municipal wastewater is recycled, and Israel and its farmers have an adequate supply. So desalination is a possibility. Uh, recycling the water is another possibility. But keep in mind that this is incredibly expensive. It would require quite a bit in appropriations. And I don't know if the political will is there, but it's getting pretty desperate. There's no question about that. Yeah, I think this is where climate change rubber hits the road. Because once you start to run out of water, humans are gonna get super ugly. Then it's going to go from oh theoretically we it's the effects on the environment is going to hit us in 50 years or 100 years to no no it's here and I need the goddamn water and and we're going to have issues. By the way, the part that's left out of that great story about Israel is that they also are partly keeping the occupied territories because of water reasons, and that part's usually not written about. But the other parts that Israel's doing is great, and we should look into. Copying them as soon as we can, and there's no technological reason that we couldn't do it. It's just politics that gets in the way, and part of the problem is that the entire right wing in this country is pretending that climate change doesn't exist, even though the rivers. I mean, look at that stark number that Anna gave you earlier. In that case, going from 18 and a half million acres of water flow to or 18 to eight and a half recently, that is devastating. The water is either there or it isn't there, and when we run out. There's gonna be a lot of problems.